This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. You're listening to The Property Show on The Morning Run and I'm Philip C. It's the last Friday of the month and as usual, we have The Legal Property Show. Joining me on the show today is Kairul Anna Shaharuddin from Kairul Suhaila and Hasina for the Monthly Property Legal Clinic to answer all your legal conundrums. A very good morning to you. Welcome to the show, Kairul. How are you keeping? Oh, I'm good. I'm good, Philip. Uh, it's good to be back. And thank you so much for joining us again. You know, one of the things we want to talk about today is about property insurance. Now, I know you're not an insurance agent by any stretch of the imagination, but I just want to get your perspective from a legal perspective about all the different issues with respect to home and property insurance. So let's kick off with the first question, you know. Can you help us understand the differences uh, in home insurance between perhaps landed versus strata title? Actually, there's no real... When you say about home insurance, usually when we talk about uh, property, it will be about the loan you, you, that you take against the, the property. So uh, I think before we go to the other type of insurance like covering damages or anything, I think the most important part of uh, when buying a house, especially from developer, the first thing that you will need is mortgage insurance or mm. assurance. Okay, this is actually uh, in layman term, it will be easier to understand it as a life insurance, but against the property, against the property loan to be specific. So you take this mortgage assurance so that if anything happened to you, that you cannot pay your uh, installment for the house that you buy using a mortgage, uh, this insurance will cover it. They are non, uh, I think people will know them as MRTA or MRTP or MLTA or MLTT. Uh, the T at the back and A at the back is assurance and takaful. Is uh, mostly either you refer to when it's uh, assurance, it means that it's conventional. When it's takaful, it's uh, Islamic loan. Usually you cover your Islamic loan. So they are me, provided by your banks. Right. So tell me, unpack all these acronyms. I, can, that, I think that's the thing that's confusing everybody, right? The difference between MRTA, MLTA, MRTT, MLIT, you know, these terms are floating around quite a lot. Help me understand and distinguish the differences between them. You're already kind of implying that the T and the A is a bit different. Just help, just help us unpack that a bit more. Uh, it is a premium that you pay, uh, like your normal life insurance, but you pay it nearly in lump sum when you take the loan to buy your property. So uh, MRTA is um, mortgage uh, reducing term assurance or mortgage loan term assurance is referring to how you are paying your premium. Yeah, when you are paying it in one lump sum at the early part, which is usually paid by your bank, and inserted into your property loan, which means that if you take a 100,000 loan, say that to cover that 100,000, you may add a premium of 10,000 or 5,000. So you add in into your property loan. So that will be the mortgage reducing term uh, takaful or term uh, assurance. Uh, Usually when you take it as a mortgage loan term takaful or mortgage loan term assurance, it will be paid by you actually. And it's not uh, part of your uh, loan. 
you, you which means that you have to pay it yourself usually and these things currently is kind of um, uh, prerequisite for you to get the loan and uh, to uh, each bank when you buy you when you take the mortgage you are actually buying a product of the bank okay so when you want to buy a product there are terms and conditions and one mm. of the terms and conditions is the bank want to know how you are going to pay your mortgage in relation to that they will also want to know what if you can't pay your mortgage after you took your mortgage which means that if something happened to you if uh, you become uh, there's a permanent disability or uh, in term of worst case scenario death on your part so there must be a, a way for you to cover this particular uh, the loan that you took so when you take uh, the the loan in the early part of it the bank will want you to have this uh, mortgage assurance and so, and what are the typical legal legal disputes you see happen a lot with respect to the terms i mean there are, i'm sure there are a lot of debates and questions about refunding the outstanding amount and such that doesn't apply right that doesn't happen isn't it uh usually when you want to get the mortgage there really an argument about it mm. the argument usually comes a bit later if something really does happen to you i saw a few uh cases where there's two person buying a house and they both took a loan one of them died or one of them uh death happens to one of them or some permanent disability the payment by the insurance company will only be the one that uh dies so there's another portion of the property which has to be paid by the person who is left standing usually that's that is the case and this usually happen if a husband and a wife buy and uh, one of them doesn't work is not a working person so it become a problem to them to cover their portion of the loan because uh, the payment of the housing loan is usually by the one who is working Mm. So when the one that is working, uh, something happened to them, the permanent disability or death, that is when the the problem starts. Uh, I mean, the payment of the other half. So uh, the dispute, as I said, comes usually uh, on the part where there's 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 no the 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 person who are left to bear the loan cannot pay the, uh, in any way the the loan. So. Although it doesn't relate specifically to the MRT of or mm. MLTA, it it comes to that. Uh, when you and the the other part that I saw that I need to mention is, if you have uh, a disease which you doesn't declare or you might not know that uh, you have. So because sometimes MRTA or MLTA if it's taken by and when you take a mortgage by somebody who is uh, age. Uh, they ask you to have uh, to take a medical a full medical checkup so this uh, i uh, i have a few cases where the insurance company refused to give a mrta or mlta because uh, the person is not eligible to take an insurance can so you challenge can... that i mean when 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 an insurance company doesn't want to take up is there a, a cause for you to dispute and challenge it then uh you can challenge it but it's more about the premium that you are willing to pay mm. this is uh when 
the insurance companies want to cover you and you might not be really eligible to take it, they either uh, load it up into the premium. I mean, the, the premium will be more expensive or they will want another person to uh, be a part of the mortgage. It, it, uh, somebody who can guarantee your loan. So if you cannot, if something happened to you, they will be the one who bear the burden to actually pay the, the, the mortgage in some way. All right, we're going to take a short break for messages and come back with more of your questions on today's Legal Property Show. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Philip C. And with me today is Cairo Anwar Shaharuddin for this month's Monthly Property Legal Clinic. And this time we're going to talk about flood insurance. And as we enter the flooding season and just over the weekend, we saw so many flash floods in Penang. How do I file for a home insurance claim after a disaster such as that? There is this thing called uh, landowner or homeowner insurance, which is uh, actually cover um, the property itself when you are... When you are Owning a property, so these uh, these are about damage against uh, disaster like uh, weather, fire, uh, vandalism. Each of it is actually uh, an insurance by itself. Okay, certain banks, only certain banks. Some may not actually uh, ask you to take it. They renew your homeowner insurance uh, sometime even without you realizing it. You suddenly get a kind of a bill uh, where you get a policy that you might not even remember you took it but they actually cover damages to your house these are actually uh, a homeowner insurance within the four wall of your property i mean uh, if you it's a apartment it's not really covering the whole of the apartment but just the four corners of your property so these are sometimes covering you against weather against fire or even burglary so each uh, these are also about kind of something that you take because of the mortgage but you yourself can take it okay which means as a homeowner you actually say that you are not uh, in debt to anybody you, any, you bought it <laughs> either you already paid it off to the bank so currently you own the house by yourself so you take it against this against fire which is uh, although it's not uh, it doesn't occur as as often as it as it is uh, it is still against uh, something that you should cover and damages might be from temp they call it under insurance I think they name it tempest uh, so against uh, like strong wind or storm that took off your your roof or things that leakages from <coughs> from this storm or from this weather conditions that damages your house. So these are these are insurance that you can take, and of course burglary, which is totally different from this the the two that I said before. Now you were saying that sometimes the insurer will add coverage right to your policy even without you perhaps even requesting for that. How frequent is that happening now? Yeah, I think it's it's quite frequent. I mean, you you need to to read back all your mortgage contracts and everything, mm. and the bank also, uh, you must discuss it with your bank whether they need you to take it or not. So, and if you doesn't, usually they would want to know how you are going to to cover yourself against all these elements. It is about you buying a product from the bank. So, when mm. you buy a product, there must be 
a willing seller, willing buyer. Usually this part is not really something that you will remind yourself. But currently due to so many stringent rules by Bank Negara, the bank itself already changed themselves to to, co- to cover all these uh, requirements. I guess the concern also then is if if the coverage changes, then the premiums also naturally change, right? Um, so with that then you see premiums increase. What is the recourse for you to challenge all these premium increases then? If you doesn't want the bank to do it themselves to cover you, you must be the one who shops around and actually get a better premium and show to the bank that, as I said, you need to look at your contract when you mm. sign it. If they can impose that on you, it's like, as I said, it's, they are selling a product that you need to satisfy. And I guess what naturally happens is that when when you're not happy with the current policy, it is difficult to change policy or do we end up having people just taking on multiple home insurance policies, you know? What are the things and the pitfalls and issues to watch out for when people start having multiple home insurance policies? I mean, of course, it's no shake, no limits off the bank, but how do you kind of manage that going forward? Yeah, going forward, that that, that is a question that as a... <laughs> Something as a, because buying the, uh, something from them, that before you actually uh, go into a contract with them, ask a lot of questions before you sign your mortgage uh, term. Mm. And when it comes to, you know, especially floods, right? Are there any certain clauses or terms in, in you know, insurance contracts that one should particularly watch out for and look for in terms of the fine print then? I think when you come to flooding, it, it is something that you need to see whether uh, they are covering you enough, uh, whether what you own are not jewelry, like uh, things like jewelry or even high definition television, uh, whether uh, so the what they exclude when you buy an insurance, what they exclude is the thing that is important. So do not just cover the word flood then that will be it. You need to ensure that it also cover nearly everything that is that is uh, susceptible to damages, like your furniture, if your furniture are the type which is easily damaged, we cover. Uh, and then uh, even your gaming station, say, mm. or even your computer, because I think a lot of people nowadays play games and they have these rigs which are quite expensive and they put it on the ground floor where uh, they, they say that place is never had slight issue before. So I think this is more like uh, a thing where uh, the buyers beware come into uh, action where you need to ensure the flooding insurance that you are taking is enough to cover whatever damages that uh, you you are you are going to face if flood ever happen in your area i guess the, sometimes the big challenge is um you know what you say right uh, have enough coverage uh, watch out for the exclusionary clauses i'm sure there are many disputes over uh, the value of the claim uh, coming through um, because what what can be what is the value of the lost asset and property is also in debate identifying whether the property was lost as a result of the flood is also another point of contention right what has been the process usually to dispute the claims uh, as i said the uh, insurance is something which is they they have this particular clause that in insurance that unless they invoke it then you are still uh, be able to argue with them which is a uh, act of god this mm. act of god clause is inserted into nearly every insurance right so 
as uh, because you are saying what what type of insurance that will be enough to cover yourself so the uh, it's about the value of your property so the the value of the things that you covered within inside your house so you need to specifically know what is it that you are covering whether those things as it because uh, when you buy property uh, you also buy things that you want to put inside your house so if you buy something to cover flooding or tempest make sure that you add in or how does it for you to add in all this new thing that you buy Mm. which is not there when you are covering yourself with this insurance. So, I guess, yeah, that's one yeah. thing. I think that's one of the key lessons I've learned because when you perhaps buy the flood insurance first, you had very different assets and properties, right? And value of the property was very different versus maybe what you what you, what you you have at the moment, right? That is one of the biggest challenges going forward, isn't it? That How do you update the value of your flood insurance coverage? I think you need to update it uh, nearly yearly because that's that's where you you buy your insurance. So uh, yeah, if you buy something expensive, you might just want to cover that particular thing by yourself. Mm. Uh, I think that's that's where maybe a thing because uh, even now uh, because of uh, we just got a new iPhone model yeah. launched in the market. So see that people are actually buying insurance when you buy it, but it's at that particular moment that you buy. So that is an expensive device that you would want to cover. But that is just one one particular thing. So if you buy a high-definition television or a gaming, uh, I think by itself, you should ask the shop or even a separate uh, insurance policy. You should uh, get a separate insurance policy just for that thing by yourself. That's why I always wonder, right, you know, whether it is better to just get a specific policy for the item in question, like the high-definition TV or as you see, the iPhone 14, or just an overarching broad flood insurance coverage to do that. I think I always wonder in my mind which is the easier pathway for most people then. Yeah, like, it depends on how patient are you in in doing all this stuff. But owning, a, I would like to remind everybody, owning a property is actually a very responsibility a high mm. responsibility that you need to 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 actually cover because from what i know people would love to buy a property and then just live with it and pay the mortgage yeah. so uh, unless you put it to the bank to make sure that they are covering everything and that's why the bank has so many products mm. nowadays they even their insurance company would cover your mortgage and and then some so uh that's an idea that the bank is pushing for. So for you to take responsibility of your own uh, purchase uh, that you add up into the property, it is something that I think is uh, very responsible and, and should be taken note by everybody. And for example, you, you mentioned about this Act of God clause. Are there, are there grey areas when the issue isn't a result of you know a natural disaster, but a result of, let's say, a bad infrastructure like burst pipes or that the drainages were not clogged essentially has that been usually the case that you know it's a it's a confluence of you know multiple factors right that caused the flooding to take place does that clause of act of god sometimes uh, is used against the claimant okay uh, when you claim against uh, your insurance the thing that the the insurance would do first is sending an adjuster somebody who will assess the claims that you make 
whether what you are claiming is uh, covered by the insurance, whether the value of what the you are claiming is according to what you have bought, the, the, the coverage that you have bought. So these are actually the word, because you use the word arguments. These are the person that you need to convince that what you have. And this is a, a thing that uh, insurance company has done for, I would say, thousands of years because that's how long insurance is already in existence. So they need to know that these values uh, are according to the current value that you are um, yeah, insuring. So uh, the dispute will be there. So if there are other factors, like there are properties which are damages because of uh, bursting tanks on top of the property. The, so say that you are living block in one block and the, the tank is on top of your property. So you that will be on the developer or the management corporation to cover you. So they themselves has their own insurance to, to take, okay? And in our Housing Development Act, the insurance, the, the insurance for the, the, this type of damages is, uh, is actually a prerequisite for the, land, uh, for, for, for the developer and for the management corporation even to take. So that's actually kind of another separate matter because it come to another authority to to do it for you so if you are you are a house which is under the majlis it can be majlis bandaraya majlis pembadaran so they will, it will be their responsible so responsibility and if this particular damages comes from something totally outside the scope of mm. of your either the developer or the management corporation it must be shown it comes from there say that uh, a lorry suddenly rammed into your house. This happened a lot in Malaysia because we, and, and it's just not in Malaysia, a bomb exploded somewhere and damages your particular property in within an area. So these are things that according to what you have covered, it they, they, the insurance company will assess and see whether it is a particular thing that is excluded or included in your right. insurance policy. Thanks for sharing all your insights with relation to flood insurance. That's all the time we have for today's property show. Thanks again, Cairo. I'm Philip C. signing off for The Morning Run. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.